Hey everybody. This is House of Hope podcast series, presented by Gotham and House of Hope. Today's topic is, the blessings of resurrection. Our speaker today is, Pastor Sunday Edu. So God be the glory, everybody. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, everybody. He is worthy to be praised. He is worthy to be praised. Say it again. He is worthy to be praised. Matthew 28, 1 to 11. And it's good to read the word of God because we want our faith to be based on sola scriptura, the word of God, and not on the wisdom of men. And we have come here to hear the word of God. We're on site and online. Matthew 28, 1 to 11. And I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 11. Uh, the message of today will take us through 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 58. But I'm going to read the first 11 verses. And then we move on from there. Matthew 28, 1 to 11. Now after the Shabbat and the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and the clothing as white as snow. And the guard shook for fear of him and became like dead men. Talking about the resurrection of Jesus. When the angel answered and said to them, to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and indeed is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, Rejoice! For they came and held him by the feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said unto them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee and there they will see me. Now while they were going, behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priest all the things that had happened. And they were trying to bribe them to tell another story. Just to cover it up. 
1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 11. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received, in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold first that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that it was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained to the present. But some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also as one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it was high or day, so we preached, and you believed. For the few time I have to spend with you today, I'm going to be ministering on the blessings of resurrection. Turn to the person by your side and say, the blessings of resurrection. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We give you praise for this glorious day. The opportunity for us to come together. Thank you particularly for those that are joining us for the first time in the sanctuary or online. They had the invitation and they have come. Father, as I speak your word today, I pray that you give me the grace to speak with liberty. Give me the grace to speak with authority. And I pray, oh God, for your people, for the grace to receive. And together you take us from where we are to where we are supposed to be. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Everybody shout amen to the glory of God. Amen. You know, today is a momentous day all around the world. Uh, the day dedicated to celebrating the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. By the way, the word resurrection means rising to life. I don't want to assume that everybody has the correct understanding of the word. Resurrection means rising back to life. Returning to life after death. And usually referring to raising to life of Jesus Christ permanently. So resurrection is not resuscitation. There are people, you know, went into coma, they were resuscitated, they lived a little after, but eventually they died. 
for the difference in, in this is that Jesus Christ resurrected from the grave permanently. So the, the concept of resurrection centers on Jesus Christ. Anytime you hear about resurrection, it's about Jesus. I want to repeat that statement. Simple but profound. Anytime you, you can talk about resuscitation, but anytime you talk about resurrection, it refers to Jesus, who as God and man has conquered death and risen victoriously from the grave. You know, the, the challenge that comes with uh, a day like this is that of understanding. Many people celebrating what they do not understand. You know, there are so many people, they, they're celebrating resurrection drunk. There are those celebrating resurrection prostituting. And evidenced by wrong beliefs and practices. And every practice is anchored on a belief system. If it is faulty, the practices that emanate from it cannot be right. Because every practice is on a belief system. And you cannot change that practice if you don't change the belief system that anchored it. Because there are two categories of error that has befallen mankind. And the first one is the error of belief. The other one is the error of practice. We call it orthodoxy and octopraxy. Now, the error of belief is for you to think negatively about a thing, and because you're thinking negatively about that thing, you begin to behave wrongly. So the way to change the behavior of a man is to change the belief system. You are behaving that way because you are thinking that way. If you think the other way, you behave the other way. So the first thing you have to do is to, is to police your belief. As you go in life, you begin to police your belief. Because if you don't set a vigil on what you believe, you begin to behave erratically. And so that was a situation in Corinth. If you look at Apostle Paul, if you look at his style, in his epistle, you know that he will always talk about doctrines first before talking about practice. Take, for example, the book of Romans. The first 11 chapters was dedicated to doctrine, teaching, and then 12 to 16 to practice. After talking about the doctrine of justification, after talking about the doctrine of salvation, after talking about the doctrine of sin, then in chapter 12, it said, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the message of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable of God. Because if you don't have a correct doctrine, you're going to have a wrong practice. Take, for example, in the book of Ephesians, the first three chapters, Apostle Paul dedicated to doctrine. And then the last three chapters to practice. But there is something amazing about the book of 1 Corinthians. Apostle Paul talked more about practice. 
It talked more about the behavior of the people. And then at the end of the chapter, it talked about doctrine. Because in, 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 in the Corinthian church, they had a lot of problems. Number one, problem of division. I heard from the household of Chloe that there are division among you. In that same church, they had a problem of carnality. Preferential treatment of ministers. And Apostle Paul addressed that. They had the problem of immorality in the church. It was so bad that a man was having an affair with his father's wife. And Apostle Paul had to say, come on, put that man under discipline. It was in the same church that they had problem about, you know, brother and brother taking themselves to the law court. And Apostle Paul had to address that. In chapter 7, he talked about the problem of marriage. In chapter 8, he talked about the problem of people, you know, offering food to idols. And how should a brother handle that? In chapter 9, in chapter 10, he was talking about the issue of Last Supper. In chapter 12, we're talking about the issue of spiritual gift. Concerning spiritual gift, I would not want you to be ignorant. So he, he used, you know, every chapter to deal with issues. And by the time we got to chapter 15, he entered into the doctrine of resurrection. Because the people were, you know, they, they, they were talking about resurrection as something that is non-existent. And because they had this problem about resurrection... They were behaving erratically because if your doctrine is wrong, your practice cannot be right. In the message of the cross, I think Easter 2021, I said this statement. That our misbehavior as believers is traceable to a departure from the basics of the Christian faith. The message of the cross addressed by Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 1. And the message of resurrection addressed in chapter 15. Every fleshly manifestation in the body of Christ is traceable to this same situation. The message of the cross and resurrection is the centrality of the Christian faith that must not be out of focus. Lest we go astray. In Acts chapter 17, 18 to 19, the Bible says, Then certain Epicurean and Stoic philosophers encountered him, and some said, What does this babbler want to say? Others said, He seems to be a proclaimer of foreign gods, because he preached to them Jesus and the resurrection. And the philosophers, they don't want to, they don't want to listen to that. Because they want to rationalize everything. They believe that, you know, you, you, you cannot resurrect from the grave. It is not possible. So when Apostle Paul was talking about that, it sounded like a babbler. The doctrine of resurrection is fundamental in apostolic preaching. And I want you to listen very well to this message today. Online, on site, and those that will be listening afterward. The doctrine of resurrection is fundamental in apostolic preaching and proved to be the basics to the Christian faith. And this doctrine has been and is still the centerpiece of Christianity. So from where we have read, I want to give you some facts about resurrection. 
In 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 11. Number one, resurrection is not a fable or a myth, but a historical fact of supernatural character. The Bible says how Jesus Christ died according to the scriptures. He was buried according to the scriptures. And he rose from the grave according to the scriptures. See that? According to the scriptures, according to the scriptures, according to the scriptures. It is a historical fact of supernatural character. It is according to the scriptures. So you must have a high view of the scriptures to believe. So if you, if you are listening to me or you, you, you see me right now and, and, and say, I don't believe in the scriptures. I don't believe in the Bible. The Bible was just written by mere men. I don't believe in that book. I don't believe. You cannot believe in the resurrection. Because it's according to the scriptures. All scriptures are inspired by the Lord. This is not an ordinary book. I want to repeat that. This is not, and I'm talking to young people, especially. This is not an ordinary book. Like we prayed this morning. Thank God for that young guy that led us this morning about arguments. A lot of arguments out there. Because people are trying to philosophize. They, they are trying to rationalize what they should believe. So, the matter of resurrection is according to the scriptures. It's not a fable. Number two, resurrection has high witnesses. Verses five to seven. The twelve, the five hundred, James, the brother of our Lord, and all the apostles and Paul. They testify to the encounter with the resurrected Christ. And it is very difficult to doubt an encounter. Resurrection is to be received and not to be proven. Oh, hallelujah. Resurrection is to be received and not to be proven. Apostle Paul said, that which I have received from the Lord, I share with you. Not only that, he said, I did not receive it from any man, but it was by the revelation from the Lord himself. So it is beyond human logic. Paul states that the gospel is not the teaching he has formulated. He indicates that he received it from the Lord. Resurrection is an object of faith and faith alone. Just have to believe. You cannot rationalize it. You cannot process it cerebrally. You just have to believe. Resurrection is a doctrine that affects practice. And if that doctrine is not right, your practice cannot be right. That was what happened to the church in Corinth. They got the doctrine wrong and they went into wrong practices. And Apostle Paul had to come to correct the doctrine in order to correct the practice. Resurrection is a unique occurrence that shapes Christianity. Verses 12 to 19. If Christ has not been raised, listen to the antithetical progression as laid down by Apostle Paul. 
He said, if the resurrection is false, Christ himself was not raised. If the resurrection is false, Christ himself was not raised. I want to repeat that. If the resurrection is false, then Christ himself was not raised. We have life because he is alive. So what makes resurrection a celebration is that Jesus rose from the dead and that his resurrection guarantees the resurrection of those that are his. Because he lives, we shall live also. And he said, if the resurrection is false, our message is empty. Verse 14. If the resurrection is false, our faith is vain. Verse 14. If the resurrection is false, we are all liars. 15 and 16. If the resurrection is false, then we are all lost in our sins. Verse 17. If the resurrection is false, the dead are lost. Even those who died in the Lord are lost. Verse 18. And the apogee of it. If the resurrection is false, then we are to be pitied. We are miserable. So the Apostle Paul states that the all of Christian faith falls and rises on this concept of resurrection. And where I want to dwell in the message of today is not to prove anything about resurrection. Resurrection is real. But what I want to share with you is God's plan. God has a plan about this resurrection. And I want you to listen very well to God's plan about it. As stated in verses 20 to 28. In Hebrews chapter 2, 10 to 15. The Bible says that for it was fitting for him. For whom are all things and by whom are all things. In bringing many sons to glory. Listen. God has a project. And the project is to bring many sons to glory. Don't forget that God created man in his own image. The Bible says that in the image of God created he them. Male and female, he created them. And he blessed them and said unto them, Be fruitful, multiply, subdue, replenish, have dominion. But the Bible says that Satan came and deceived mankind. And out of that deception, the life of God was taken out of man. The zoe of God was taken out of man. Sin came. And because of sin, death came. But immediately, God set the redemption plan in motion. God set the redemption of man in motion. And that, 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 is, that, 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 that is what Apostle Paul was take, talking about here. For it was fitting for him, whom are all things, by whom are all things, 
in bringing many sons to glory through Jesus, in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. And as much then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. Through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. Through death he might destroy him who had the power of Through death he might destroy him that has the power of death. No, the devil thought that in killing Jesus, then he has come against God's plan. Unknown to him that true wisdom, God has placed the life of man in that death. And the Bible says that if he had known, he wouldn't have crucified the king of glory. Because through death, he destroys the one who has the power of death, the devil, and does what? And release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Now, Apostle Paul said in verse 20, but now Christ is risen from the dead. It's not subject to debate. He is risen. The grave is empty. Oh, come on. Shout hallelujah. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruit of those who are falling asleep. Falling asleep. There means those that have died in the kingdom. Christians don't die. All right. Those who are falling asleep. In Leviticus chapter 23, verse 10, Apostle Paul was alluding to the matter of first fruits in Leviticus, in the Mosaic order. In Leviticus 23, verse 10, speak to the children of Israel and say to them, when you come into the land which I give to you and reap its harvest, then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. And so the time first fruits signals that the first sheaf of the forthcoming grain is given to the Lord. Even though the harvest is coming, the harvest bringing many sons to glory, but the first sheaf is given to the Lord. So Apostle Paul was using that to allude to resurrection, that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is like the first fruit unto God. And then that will bring our own resurrection. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are also going to resurrect with him. In fact, we have resurrected with him in the initial sense, in salvation. But there is another resurrection that is coming that we sang about during the praise and worship. That the king of glory is coming and we are going to reign with him. Can I have a shout of hallelujah to that? The program of God is to make Jesus our first fruit. Hallelujah. And then bring us along to glory with him. Verse 21. Why? He said, for since by man came death, and by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For in Adam all die, and so in Christ all shall be made alive. I want to read that again. For since by man came death, and by man also came the resurrection of the dead, for as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. And for you to understand this doctrinal truth, you have to cross-reference it with what Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 5, 12 to 21. Verse 12 said, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, 
For the wages of sin is death. And thus death spread to all men. Because all sinned. In Adam all sinned. For until the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed, where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned, even to those who had not sinned, those who have not sinned personally, but all have sinned in Adam. According to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation, but the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. Verse 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned through one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. 18. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous acts, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. Verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. I thank the Lord that Jesus obeyed the Father. Hallelujah. If he has said no to the Father, we are doomed. Adam said no to the Father, and death came. But the last Adam said yes to the Father, and life came. And so all we need to do is to plug ourselves to the atoning work of Jesus. Hallelujah. He has pacified the wrath of the Father. We have no righteousness of our own. He is our righteousness. Can I have a shout of hallelujah? In fact, you know, in New Testament commentary of this text, Augustine said something very profound. He said before the fall, Adam was able to sin or not to sin. After the fall, he was not able not to sin. In his purity, Adam had the ability not to sin. And through his obedience to receive immortality, but through his disobedience, he and the human race received the penalty of death. Christ lived obediently without sin and conquered death for the benefit of his people. Through him, we now have life. In verse 23, looking at the program, the program, man sinned. God set the redemption plan in the motion. Through Adam, all died. But through Christ, now we receive life. But look at the progression of God in bringing many sons to glory. Verse 23. But each one in his own order. Christ the first fruit. Afterward, those who are Christ at his coming. That is the order. Christ the first fruit. And after that, those that are Christ. Listen, those that are Christ, not just anybody. He died for all. But not all will believe. But those that will believe are those that he is coming for. In the first advent, he came for all. 
But in the second advent, he's not coming for all. Oh, that, that, that is the issue that you have to listen to. You can use your choice now and say, I don't, I don't want to listen. No, 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 no. I'm just in church. I don't believe that Jesus. No, 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 no. You can philosophize. You can rationalize. He came for all at the first advent. But when he is coming, that is when you're going to see the evidence of your choice. You can use your mind. I don't want to listen. Don't, 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 like, 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 like the stoic philosophers. You know, that's gibberish. Babla. Or you, you, you could say that also. But God has an agenda. And that agenda is to bring you to himself. Satan has an agenda. And that agenda is to take you away from the Lord to himself. Because he's going to be in hell forever. And doesn't want to go there alone. He wants you to be with him. But in the name of the Lord, I have a warrant for your arrest today. You will never be with the devil. Amen. Oh, I said you will never be with the devil. Amen. He said, but each one in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterward those who are east at his coming. So the resurrection of his people takes place in two stages. The dead in Christ will rise first. And the Bible says, those that are alive and remain. Listen, listen to that passage of the scriptures. Those that are alive and remain. You can be alive and not remain. I mean, see, there are so many people. The Bible said the first shall be last. You know, there are so many people. There are so many people. They were teachers in the Sunday school. There was this particular man. This particular man was a very, 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 very good man. People that knew him. But at a point, he left Christ. He left Christ. Last week, I saw the documentary of a man from this nation. I've forgotten this nation. One uh, European nation. He has a PhD in theology. And he said he has abandoned Christianity. But still lecturing in the seminary. Do you know there are so many people, you know, they, they are professors of the Bible, but they don't know the Lord. It's about encounter. There are people, they have professed the faith at one point, but because of the deceitfulness of riches, because they want to please what is going on, what is trending, they have abandoned the faith. Like Ammonias and Philetus, who are saying the resurrection is past already. Heresies here and there. The principle of inclusion. Universality. That's what is going on right now. And I'm not ashamed to say this. The new age order. Being sponsored by the LGBTQ. A lot of things going on in our world. That's why you see many young people. No, 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 no. I'm not, you know, those are the, the, the religion of my parents. Now, now I have my own mind. I'm a progressive. I 
I don't believe in this Bible thing. No, 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 no. You know, the, 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 that's what the word is saying. Those who, who are in Christ and those who remain. I pray that in the name of Jesus, you will never backslide. Oh, yeah. There are people, they have professed faith. They have taught faith. They have built people up in faith. But now they are speaking against the faith that they want promoted. It is coming for those that are alive and remain. I pray that in the name of Jesus, you will remain. No matter the trial of life that you are going through, you will, oh, you will rally both. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. The cares of life and the deceitful, deceitfulness of riches will not take you away from Christ. Can I have a shout of amen to that, everybody? Listen, if you miss it, if you miss the rapture, if you miss the rapture, there is a time that is called the time of tribulation. It is a time of Jacob's trouble. Here, the blood of Jesus will save you. The gospel will save you. But at that time, no gospel. You're going to face it. And even after the time of Jacob's trouble, there is another time of the millennial reign of Christ. Where the devil will still also be at work. But at the end... Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. The devil will be judged himself. That is, the, that is the program of God. Then in verse 24, then comes the end. <laughs> then comes the end. When Christ will deliver the kingdom to the Father. Up till this very moment, Christ is still on mission. On mission of bringing many sons to glory. Then at the end of everything, after the millennial reign, the Bible says, he will now go to the Father and present the kingdom. When he puts an end to all rule and authority and power, for he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. Death will die. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. For he has put all things under his feet. When he says all things are put under him, it is evident that us who put all things under him is exempted. In other words, Christ, God is exempted. Christ is not over God. God put all things under him. He's exempted. Now when all things are made subject to him, then the son himself will also be subject to him who put all things under him that God may be all in all. That's the program. That's the program. That's the program of God to bring everything to an end. You are God's program. That it will bring, Jesus will bring you to glory. My answer is, would you allow him? Jesus wants to present you to the Father. Would you allow him? I want to, I want to, I want to repeat that. 
Jesus is on mission to present you. Forget about us now. To present you to the Father. Unblameable. To present you to the Father as the bride. Would you allow him? Or you allow deceitfulness of riches and the heresy that is going on here and there, what you want to become? Or you allow what you are going through to prevent you, to snatch you away from him? No. 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 That is the essence of this message. Now let me just end with the blessings of resurrection. The blessings of resurrection. We have seen the program of God. The blessings of resurrection. Number one is the gospel of salvation. That's the blessing of resurrection. Without resurrection, there is no gospel. I want to repeat that. Without the resurrection, there is no what? No gospel. The word gospel is soteria, which means preservation and deliverance from sin and from the penalty of sin. So without the resurrection, the gospel is a fairy tale without earthly and heavenly significance. If the resurrection is from the Lord, and we know that it's from the Lord, the gospel that arises from that resurrection is the only thing that can save. No other gospel can save. Because it is the resurrection that gives the gospel its saving power. Without the resurrection, our preaching and our faith are in vain. That's why Apostle Paul said, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which also you are saved. If you hold fast that word which I preach to you, unless you are believed in vain, Hold fast to that word that we have preached to you unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received. In Romans chapter 4, 23 to 25. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us it shall be imputed to us who believed in him, who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. And Romans chapter 10, 8 to 10. Listen to this very well. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be, you shall be saved. Listen, listen. If you confess him with your mouth and you believe that he is raised from the dead, you shall be saved. If you confess him with your mouth and you don't believe that he's raised from the dead, you can never be saved. Say the sinner's prayer all you want. If you don't believe in the resurrection story, if you don't believe that he raised from the dead, you cannot be saved. So if there's no resurrection, the Bible says we remain in our sins. So hearing me today, the way you can partake of this resurrection is to believe. 
to believe that he is raised from the dead. And you confess it with your mouth. And there's going to be a supernatural reaction. The power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead will quicken you. Because he is the life-giving spirit. And will take away from you the heart of stone. Give to you the heart of flesh. And you begin to live in the newness of life. Can I have a shout of hallelujah to that? Number two, the grace of God. Number two, the grace of God. The other blessing, the grace of God. Apostle Paul gave us his own story. He said, at last, I was untimely born. He appeared to me also. I'm the least of the apostles. Not fit to be called an apostle. I was living my own life, going my own way. Killing even those that believe in Jesus. Not fit to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Oh, verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me did not prove in vain, but I labored even more than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God with me. The grace of God. The grace of God. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men. Oh, the grace of God. For by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. See, grace is bringing nothing to the table and enjoying everything on the table. That is grace. Bringing nothing to the table. Education, wealth, mm -mm. bringing nothing to the table. And you enjoying everything on the table. Oh, hallelujah. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And through whom also we have access by faith into his grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Nothing is as beautiful and serene as a life piloted by the grace of God. Number three, living hope of resurrection. Living hope of resurrection. In other words, we know that now that he has resurrected, don't forget he is the first fruit. We signals that the harvest is coming. And we are that harvest. So we have that lively hope that a day is coming. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is coming for us. That as he was resurrected, we also shall resurrect. Can I hear a shout of amen to that? Amen. Turn to the person by your side and say he is coming for you. Tell that person, if you accept him, if you remain in him, it's coming for you. Come on. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. Therefore, the world does not know him because it did not know him. Beloved, now are we children of God? It has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in himself purifies himself as he is pure. Hope in resurrection is sanctifying. I want to repeat that. Hope in resurrection is sanctifying. I want to repeat that. Hope in resurrection is sanctifying. It leads to godly living, not corruption. Oh, throughout this week, even in my office this morning, I've been praying. I've been playing this, this hymn again and again. Jesus is coming again. Throughout this week, I just know. Jesus is coming again. I slept in the secret place up till this morning. I was just hearing that song again. Jesus is coming again. 
Jesus is coming again. Go to the mountain and speak it loud. Jesus is coming again. Coming again. Coming again. Jesus is coming again. Coming again. Oh, coming again. Jesus is coming again. Coming again. Oh, coming again. Yes, Jesus. Jesus is coming again. No sin crossed my mind. No corruption crossed my mind. Why? Jesus is coming again. Jesus is coming again. That hope will purify your life. The reason why you are living carelessly is because you don't even have a clue about his return. You think that you're going to be in this life forever. And you could die anytime. Divine exchange is another blessing. New bodies. Perishable for imperishable. Dishonorable for glorious. Weak for powerful. Natural for spiritual. Healthy for heavenly. The fifth one, victory. Everybody shout victory. victory. Come on, shout it again. Victory. The Bible says that so when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then we sh it shall brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, age, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. No matter what you are going through, you have victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, come on, come on. Shout it three times. I have victory. Through the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Picture the battles that you are going through in life right now and say, I have victory. Through the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, shout it again. I have victory. Over sin, I have victory. Over fear, I have victory. Over sicknesses, I have victory. Over diseases, I have victory. Over failure, I have victory. Over addiction, I have victory. Christ Jesus and the last one steadfast and sacrificial service oh I love this one steadfast and sacrificial service verse 30 Apostle Paul said and why do we stand in jeopardy every hour I affirm by the boasting in you which I have in Christ Jesus I Lord I die daily if in the manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, in life you will fight with beasts. He was not talking about physical beasts. He fought with people in Ephesus. When he was preaching the gospel, they wanted to kill him. Apostle Paul said, I fought with beasts in Ephesus because of this gospel. He said, what advantage is it to me if the dead do not rise? Then let us eat and drink, like Ecclesiastes, where we read today. Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. But therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. If there were no resurrection, then suffering and dying for the sake of the gospel would be useless. No resurrection. Then why will Polycarp? That 86 year old priest, when he was brought before the stake, an Nero Drucus Germanicus 
looked at him, brought him before the stake, and told Bishop of Simna, he said, renounce and die. Cause Jesus and die. The man said, for 86 years, I have served Jesus and he has done me no wrong. Then why will I at this moment renounce him? said, no, I'm not going to do that. And they put planks all over him and set him ablaze. And he died. Why would John, John, John Noss, why would he be killed? Why would the man who translated the Bible that you are reading free of charge now be killed? He was burnt, buried his ashes, they brought the hatches back and reburnt it. This Bible that you are reading. Then why would people, if there are no resurrection, why would they subject themselves to that? Apostle said, I fought beast. Then why would I, then I should just be eating and drinking. But I believe this resurrection story. Why? Why will I not see? It's because of this resurrection. Because one day I will see him in glory. Oh yeah. Why would you give up? Because you don't have a job? I think the reason why we, we renounce Jesus today, when the church triumphant, when they see us, they say, I'm not serving Jesus again. I'm not coming to church again. Why? Because of my job. I finished, I finished last year. In six months, I've not gotten a job. Then who is that Jesus? If you cannot deliver me, if you cannot give me a job, I'm not... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm now 30-something years old and uh, no, no husband. 30-something year old, no wife. I'm not serving Jesus. If Jesus Christ cannot, cannot do this for me, then I'm not serving him anymore. That, they, they didn't suffer for that. Those people that gave this work to us, they suffered for the gospel. They were slaughtered. In fact, Peter, Peter, they wanted to crucify him. Peter said, okay, you're going to crucify me. No, 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 don't do it like they did my master. Crucify me upside down. It was said concerning Thomas that, that, that on, on, on the road of, of, of Rome, they tied him. They tied him to a horse. And they drew him around until his body was disjointed. Just for Jesus. But our own today, because they have preached to us this hedonistic gospel that you don't have to suffer. You don't have to suffer. People cannot, they cannot endure suffering at all. We have preached to us this gospel of, you know, name it and claim it, get, get it, all, all this, you know, all these, you know, things that unbelievers don't even cry for. That an unbeliever who is morally good will say, uh, well, it is God. God will do it at his own time. But even Christians that read the Bible. Apostle Paul said, I fought with beasts. You have not fought with anything. You're disowning Jesus. Kadoze mana. And there are people. Let, let me tell you, I'm not. I'm, I, I believe that I believe in miracle. But let me tell you this: what you are disowning Jesus for, there is somebody in glory that the situation is worst. You're telling God, oh, I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going. I'm, I'm not serving God because I don't. somebody died for Christ, not having a husband, not receiving the faith, but they died and said, we are. We are going to be for Christ forever. Oh, oh, 
they fought with beast. Why, why will I fight with beast? Why? Why will I not compromise? There, there are some of my friends now, they are doing anything just to get, just to get away for money in ministry. They are doing it. But I refuse to do that. Why? There are people, there are people, they, they're messing up around. Messing up around in the name of the Lord. Messing up around, messing up with women. I refuse to do that. Why? Because I know a day is coming. I said, a day is coming. A day is coming. That they are having their own enjoyment now. But I am suffering now. But it will be turned around. As I'm handing this message, remember Lazarus. That's how I'm going to end. I have a lot to say, but I'm going to stop here. Remember Lazarus. Told him when you were on heart. They told that rich man, you are having your own fear. And Lazarus was suffering. But now, Lazarus in the bosom of, and the rich man, would you allow that to happen to you? The program of God is to bring you to glory. That's the program of God. Would you allow that to be? Apostle Paul told the people, he said, evil communication corrupts good manners. And God told me, there are some of you. What is standing between you and that mission are the friends you have. Are your friends. You know the truth, but you just want to fit in. You just want to belong. You don't want to stand alone. Let me tell you, in this kingdom, we stand alone. If you don't want to stand alone, you can't make it. But in this kingdom, you must be ready to stand alone. In the midst of multitude, your friends, you know, you are not having, you must be ready to stand alone. I think this message is for somebody. God said you were ordained to be great. You were ordained, but what is standing between you and that ordination are the friends you keep. Evil communication corrupts good manner. The implication, another implication is, Paul said, stop sinning. In verse 34, stop sinning. That's the message of God on this Resurrection Sunday. Stop sinning. Please help me turn to the person by your side and say, stop sinning. Stop sinning. Stop sinning. Young man, stop sinning. Young woman, stop sinning. Stop sinning. Stop sinning. For the day is coming. Is at hand. The Christ will come. The voice will sound. Say the end has come. God is ready to reap the harvest. He has given the first fruit. Now the harvest has come. Stand on your feet, everybody. Stand on your feet, everybody. Stand on your feet, everybody. 
stand on your feet, everybody. I've shared with you the, the blessing of redemption. There is a song that we used to sing, Redemption, Oh Wonderful Story. I, 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 will, I want us to sing that song together. We have it on the, you know, on the screen. And as we, as we sing that song, I want you to think. Think about your life. And I'm going to give you the opportunity to present yourself to Jesus. To present yourself to Jesus. God has done his path. Jesus has done his path. The Holy Spirit is doing his path right now. He's convicting you. But you have to do your part. Say redemption, oh wonderful story. Glad message for you and for me. A sharp. It's on Asia. That Jesus has purchased our pardon and paid all the debt on the tree. Those who know it, you can join me to sing that song. Redemption, oh wonderful story. Glad message for you. And for me, that Jesus has purchased a pardon and paid all the debt on the tree. Second stanza, second stanza, fraud. Offer of mercy. 
young man, young woman, adults, male and female, accept God's offer of mercy. Remember, grace is bringing nothing to the table, but enjoying everything on the table. That is what will make you accountable. Because God requires nothing from you. He did it all. Accept now God's offer of mercy to Jesus. Oh, hasting today. Hasting today. For he will receive him that cometh. And never will turn him away. Believe it. Believe it. Don't forget. That is the first thing you have to do. That is the first implication. Believe and receive. Receive the glad message. Forsake your wrong company. In Corinth, they were moving with wrong company. People that are heretics. And that, that messed up their lives. Trust now in the crucified Savior salvation he offers to you and say how, how, how will I do this you remember I told you you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe that he is raised from the dead and you will be saved if you want to have that experience young and old wherever you are I want you to raise up your hand that is how to celebrate Easter Raise up your hand wherever you are. Just raise it up to Jesus. Don't raise it to any mother man. Raise it up to Jesus. Raise it up to Jesus. Raise it up to Jesus. Raise it up. Raise it up. Raise it up. Raise it up. God bless you. Raise it up. Don't look at look, don't look here and there. If you look here and there, uh, over there. No, no time to look here and there. And all I will require from you is that, you know, that hand raised up. And I'm going to pray for you where you are. Come on, raise it up very well. God bless you. Raise it up very, very well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Young and old, raise it up. Raise it up. Oh, Father, I thank you for these hands raised up. You have not raised these hands up to me because I'm not their savior. But they have raised this hand up to you. Jesus, take them as they are and turn their lives around. Let this Easter Sunday be the beginning of a new walk with God. Put a hand on your chest where you are. Just put your hand on your chest where you are. Jesus is there with you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. This is the reason why we are here. As a church. We are not just here to sing and dance. We are not just here to give. We are not just here to enjoy. 
like like Apostle Paul said, then we eat, dance, and 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 die. He said, no, 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 no. Then we don't have to we don't have to fight beast for that. But I have to I have to you know I have to to fight with beast because I I know about the glory to come. Oh, you want to say Jesus? Repeat after me, Jesus. I've heard your word today about the love of God for me. About the program of God for me. To bring him to himself. To bring me to himself. Lord, I confess Jesus as my Lord today and I believe in my heart that is raised from the dead for my justification. I call upon your name today. Save me. Save me. Give me a new heart. Give me a new spirit. Give me the grace to forsake all wrong company. Give me the grace to stop sinning. That from today, sin shall no longer have dominion over me. And I begin to live my life to please the Lord. Holy Spirit, help me now. I thank you in Jesus' name. Oh, Father, I thank you. I give you praise. I give you praise for these ones, oh God, that have surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus. Lord, I pray, oh God, that as they go, the Holy Spirit may continue to quicken them. The Holy Spirit will begin to teach them the counsel of God to be established, to be rooted in Christ Jesus. That as they heard in the message, that they will be able to stand alone, to stand alone, to defend righteousness. Lord, I thank you. I give you praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, come on. Everybody celebrate. Everybody celebrate. Listen. You make this decision in a day and you follow it up. You follow it up. You don't go back, but you follow it up by standing in Him. Everybody, lift up your two hands. Jesus is the life given spirit. To say in Jesus' name, I receive life. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Come on, say that again. In Jesus' name, I receive life. Do you know that life? That life is the light of men. When that life comes, you receive illumination. You don't walk in darkness anymore. Oh, in that life, there is healing. In that life, there is breakthrough. Everything you need 
is in that life. And may I tell you this, in that life also there is suffering. Oh yes, that is what many people don't want to do. That is suffering. We call it the fellowship of his suffering. God told Paul, he said, I, I, show him, I, I will show him what he will suffer for my sake. And that is where the grace comes in. We don't pray against suffering. We pray for grace. Because that is a grace. Even in suffering, the grace of God will be sufficient for you. No matter what you are going through, be steadfast. Be steadfast. Be steadfast. There's, some, there's somebody that is hearing me right now. You are on the bridge of, of breakaway. A bridge. You, you are limping between two opinions. Is this Christ real? Is this no no? no I, I don't. I, I, you are you are the brim of compromise. But there's a message for you today. Be steadfast. Immovable. Always abounding. There are some of you, you have dropped the work the Lord has committed to your hands. Because you are responding to offense. You are responding to men. You have abandoned the assignment. Be steadfast. Immovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. For you know that your labor is not in vain. God sees your labor. Your labor is not in vain. Go with this message. Your labor is not in vain. Pick up courage. Remain. For Jesus is coming soon. Oh, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we have heard your word. Give us the grace, oh God, to respond by faith. And we know soon and very soon, Soon and very soon, we are going to meet the king. No more sorrow. No more pain. Give us the grace to remain. So that when the trumpet shall sound, we shall be caught up to meet with the Lord. And so we shall forever be with him. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Everybody shout amen to the glory of God. Come on, shout amen to the glory of God. Come on, shout amen one more time. Amen. If you're in the Washington, D.C. region, visit in person at our address. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us in our social media. God bless you.